Hey, stop picking your nose. Did you leave the toilet seat up? Or what about those socks on the floor? Are those yours? Do you have any bad habits? Actually, I don't mean those kinds of bad habits. I'm talking about the kind of bad habits that are vices, that are obsessions, behaviors that you can't stop, abusing substances or abusing behaviors, things that you do that you can't stop doing even if you want to because you're out of control. Now, why would you do things that you don't want to do? Or why would anyone do anything that's harmful to them or to other people and then especially justify them? Why? <laughs> Very interesting, right? Very interesting. As the late Artie Johnson used to say, well, I know the answer to that and I'm happy to tell you and I'm happy to tell you how to break them too. See, your bad habits come from one place. They can be traced to one simple fact, and I'm going to talk about it. So let's say you have a drink problem, a drug problem, an addiction to food, to sex. It all comes back to something so simple. Now, I may shock some of you right now. If you don't like to be shocked, then I suggest you click away right now. I'm not trying to shock anyone, not in a negative way. Well, I am trying to shock in a positive way. I want to shock something inside you, something that lies to you, something that lies to all of us, that justifies behaviors, harmful behaviors, and that can keep you addicted and reliant on people and to things until they kill you. I want to talk to that. And we have a problem as humans, all of us do. The problem is that hardly any of us have been shown real love. So few of us have. We get what we think of as love, but it's not. And because of that, we suffer. And so we have no idea what love really is or how to express it, how to express true love to others. Or if we do even get an inkling of it, we can't successfully pursue it or we can't, we can't assume it because something inside inhibits us. It doesn't want love in our lives. It wants the opposite of love, phony love, feelings that mimic the real thing, but isn't, not real love. See, love is not a feeling. It's a force of energy. It's a divine power that either does or doesn't flow through us. It depends on our attitude and it depends on where our allegiance lies. And there's a solution to not having love. It comes in simple understanding. Once we understand just what it is, and if we're willing to become honest about it, we get freed. We get freed from whatever's preventing us from loving. We can love again, and then we do, and life changes. I'm telling you, you don't know what love is. Not really. You think you know what love is. We're misinformed, not only about what it is, but how to find it. To the extent that we even selfishly chase it, crave it, and chase it down and hunt it down, we find something else instead. It's very likely that you've confused need with love. There's affection, of course, but that's not love either. Love is way, way more than that. Now, I know that this kind of talk coming from me sounds a little odd. I'm even hesitant to say this in this way, but I don't know any other way. It sounds almost new age. I know a lot of new agey, traditionally Eastern philosophers talk about this. They talk. 
but then they spoil it. And that's done for a reason. It's sabotage. They sabotage the truth so that you never get it because they haven't got it. And I don't sound like that because I'm not like that. What I'm talking about is actually true. So I have to I have to take it a little further than what you've heard before about love, further than they ever could, further than they ever would, even if they could. Here's the crux of it. We all get stuck in our heads. We get carried away in the stream of the, this chattering inside of our thinking minds. And while we're there, while we're listening to it, something happens to us, something treacherous. It's a metaphysical treachery, and it takes place within and what happens? We betray our original ground of being. In other words, we become unconscious. And that's how we lose control of what we do, even of how we think, because our thoughts are not ours. Not anymore. Everyone who's obsessed, everyone who's addicted to anything suffers from this. They're not acting on their own accord. And they think that they are. And if you're addicted to anything, if you have an obsession with anything, it's happening to you right now. But when we step back, step back out of the stream of thinking without struggling against it and do nothing more than that, then something happens, something you might not expect, something you don't do that you couldn't do even if you tried, but still occurs. What happens is consciousness. And from there emerges this unseen positive power. I know, I know. It sounds like some new age gobbledygook. At least that's what those types talk about. At least that much of what those types talk about is correct. But there's more. There is way more. And you've already experienced this. Those inspirational moments in your life, especially when you were younger, where you, had, where you were creative and you were productive and it just seemed to ooze out of every pore. Not ambition. Not willfulness, but a natural productivity that's free of fear. You got things done. But then you get less and less as you get older. It's supposed to happen more and more. We're supposed to become wiser. We're supposed to be moving closer to perfection as human beings, making less and less error. But something prevents that. Something within us rises up and it blocks our intuitiveness. It gets a grip. It controls our thinking. It manufactures our thinking. It's not even us. We need our intuition instead. Not animal instinct. Not some imaginary unifying pool of collective consciousness where we become each other. That's nonsense. That's a lie. I mean your personal connection with your creator. And that is intuition, or grace, if you will, his will, God's will, coming through and flowing through you. Not the will of humanity. Humans have no will of their own. I mean the will of your maker, the mind of God. You've got to disengage from what blocks your intuition, your connection, your, your conscious contact. We all do. But once reconnected, Life changes right in that moment, not in a little way, in a big way, huge. You automatically begin to experience the present. You become patient. You become tolerant of people, even when they're wrong, even in the face of evil. This is the true expression of love. 
is true forgiveness. Just one millisecond of consciousness becomes a second, and then a second becomes a minute, and then a minute becomes five minutes, and one day you find that you're awake, you're aware, you're conscious more of the time than you're asleep, and boy, does life take off. But it all starts with one moment. Now, some might call that a moment of truth. Surely you've heard that expression in marketing or in religious parlance. Well, there is such a thing. And those truth-filled moments increase to become a lifetime, a lifetime of truth, of conscious awareness, a God consciousness. What do you think Jesus was? He was conscious. <laughs> and, and much more, of course. Isn't that what he proposed? How he lived? How he defeated death? We're supposed to defeat death, just like that. And on our journey toward that, you become automatically forgiving just by not judging and not hating anyone or anything. Not a pushover, not a pansy, not being passive but firm. Outspoken without judgment. Because in an awakened state, you become free of anger. No emotion. You're not getting tangled in emotion and in thoughts. And you can speak up. You're without emotional baggage stunting your productivity, your creativity, your ability to stay on the path that the path of life that unfolds before you that leads back to your creator, that leads to forever. When you're awake, you become the most successful, productive person you know. Now, you might not become famous or be lauded for your achievements like an Elon Musk or another famous giant Bezos, Lee Iacocca, I don't know, Donald Trump. Who's more successful than Donald Trump right now? He's like the most successful man on earth right now. <laughs> okay? You'd be influential. You'd be filled with the power to do things in life you could never do before because you'd be driven not by self, but by your father, your true father within you, doing his will. See? Now, here's the most interesting part, or at least as interesting. It goes to the point of this monologue, breaking a bad habit. You have them at all for one reason. It's because you haven't known love, and you've been put to sleep over it. But as a result of just the smallest, teeniest, tiniest amount of awareness, then as a side effect, if you will, you'd never again need to abuse food, alcohol, sex, drugs, or even people, your relationships with these potential distractions would normalize. Your need for them would just fall away. It's impossible to be spiritually awake and obsessed with anything. The thing is how to get that power engaged, how to find that love that your parents failed to show you. They should have, but they didn't have it in themselves. They were dealt a shorthand too. So now how do you deal with that? Simple. Listen to me, please. If you have a bad habit that you want to kick, how about an addiction to something? What do you abuse chronically? Everyone's abused something at one point or another. You can hardly get through life in this world without some experimentation in that area, without some experience. How about a second helping of pie? You didn't need that, right? But you did. You had it. Or did you? Did you need it? And if you did, you could end up being a 300-pound diabetic, right? Or how about that fourth slice of pizza? 
or that selfish sexual escapade, an illicit affair, getting high on praise, on someone's approval and romance, or even from a teacher. We all know what that is, but some of us cannot stop once we start. You become fixated to the effect, to the relief. What do you think the opioid epidemic is? You think doctors are all at fault for that? If the need wasn't already there, they couldn't create the problem even if they wanted to. A painkiller after a surgery, you accidentally get a little extra, right? You're supposed to take two, you're building a tolerance, the pain's increasing, so you take three. We've all had experiences like that. You're not supposed to take three, but you did. The difference is, once we begin to rely on these things, on the pills, on the food, on the sex, on the relationships, once we rely on these for a sense of worth, for our feelings of well-being, then our existence, how we see ourselves, hinges on getting more. That's addiction. It's kicking in because there's a need. Much more than a physical tolerance and withdrawal. The emotional craving for relief makes physical addiction look like a walk in the park. <laughs> so where does that need come from? Well, that's the issue. It's not the drug. It's not the substance. It's not the behavior. Those are not the sins. It's what creates the need that is the sin. Aha! And if you can lose the need, then you lose the bad habit. You lose the addiction. How exactly? Well, I'm happy to tell you but I'm out of time. So let's save that for the next podcast. This is Pike. Sorry, I forgot what podcast this is, Dan. Uh, 12. Number th all right, this is number 12. The next will be 13, right? Yeah. Okay. See, I can count. Look, I've given enough interesting ideas for you to ponder for right now. Some of you are a bit disturbed by what I just said. Okay. I'm just going to wrap it up right now. There'll be more. I'll finish it up in episode 13. I'll go right to the solution then. In the meantime, I am out of time, right, Dan? For the monologue, yes. Yeah, we're, we're, we want these to be a little bit shorter than they've been lately. So why don't, we just, uh, why don't we just start our discussion? Did you have anything you wanted to ask me about this? You think the sound is okay? Oh! It's my phone. Oh, man. Lay it on the floor? Yeah. Oh, well. It's okay. Yeah. That's the risk I take not having a case on That's it. true, but you have insurance. I get one more event on my... On my on my iPhone, event. One you, more. You mean catastrophic event? Yeah. Well, <laughs> one more break. Yeah. And then I'm done. Then you have to pay full price. You have to pay full price. Uh, what is it? Uh, I care something like that. Apple Care, whatever a it is. Apple Care. Okay. Two. Okay. We have Apple plus. Care plus. Apple Care Plus. Yeah. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, so this. Uh, so you talked a lot about love. Yep. And talk about the lack of love. Right. You made a distinction between love and affection. Sure. And I was wondering if you could elaborate on the <laughs> difference. Okay. Because people will say, oh, of course I love my family members. I right. have loving parents growing up. And they sure. still have all th these things wrong with them. And, and maybe they don't actually know what the type of love you're talking about is. Right. Yeah. Well, we get attachments to people because of our past, because of our memories. And we develop the word affection. Right. I, I use the word affection. Perhaps I should have looked it up before I used it be, because there is this feeling that you have toward people that's it's an agreeable and it's it's a kind of a nice feeling. It's but it's a feeling of attachment. Mm -hmm. Like I don't I don't feel 
I feel I feel affection toward. Well, maybe I don't feel affection. <laughs> <laughs> well, you enjoy people's company. I enjoy right? people's. Yeah, sure I do. You enjoy my company, of course. Yeah, so I enjoy the company, but I also and I also and sometimes you get into the memories of the company of the enjoyment of the past company. Okay, and that's not really good to get into. And you miss somebody. Well, you can miss somebody, but you can also withdraw from someone like a drug if you've abused them. So people get into relationships where they're abusing each other. Remember that? Um, did I tell the story? Yeah, in the video, I told the story about that girl who's uh, who who smoked Newports. Who smoked Newports? Yeah. Right. Well, I was what fourteen years old. Right? Yeah. And I had this. I had a crush on this girl. Okay. And I had a crush on her like for the entire eighth grade. And every day I would walk her home and I had this crush on her. I was physically attracted to her. And when it came time to end it and I would just go my way and she went her way, I was devastated. Right. Right. I was totally devastated. She made me, she would tell me nice things about myself and um, I became addicted to her approval. She approved of me. She let me walk her home. And all the, all the other guys thought she was like really hot. And they all wanted to go out with her, yeah. party with her. And she was a partier too. And, uh, and I wasn't, which is probably why I never got any further with her than walking her home. But I had this, I was infatuated with her. Yeah. And when it was over, I was like devastated. I felt lovesick. You know, okay, why? Because I was getting, I was sick. I was going through withdrawal, just the same kind of withdrawal that a heroin addict go, gets, goes through or the same, or an alcoholic or any kind of drug, an opioid, right? I was in withdrawal hmm. and I, I wanted the pleasure back. And then it took a while for that to, to go away. So I'm not terming that with affection, but I'm saying that you do get addicted to, uh, to the sense of, uh, to someone's approval, who, yeah. gives, who gives you approval. Right. Yeah. Okay. And that's what, that's what people get married for that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's what happens. And that's why marriages don't last because they get, because they get together and they, they make it final. They get, a, you know, they get married and then it doesn't work. They're not willing to go through the rigors of a lifetime to get rid of that need for each other and to actually have true love for each other. Okay. Yeah. Which we talked about on the last podcast, I think. Probably. The marriage mistake. Oh, the marriage mistake. Yeah, it's a mistake. Marriage for most people is a mistake. Yeah. But in defense of it, it's a mistake that most of us have to make. Okay. In order to overcome the reason, in order to overcome the reason why we got married in the first place. Yeah. So, and, uh, yeah, I'm not talking about that. When I'm talking about love, I'm talking about the absence of hate because that's what love is. Right. Right. It's tolerating people. It's looking, you have to step back and look at the emotion, look at the, the rise that comes up. Look at the annoyance. Look at the upsetness that comes up. There's something inside you. So a lot of people. So for instance, when uh, when you were born, right? Yeah. I would have to be with you all day, right? And I would have to change your diapers. I would have to feed you on time. Get the formula, whatever. That's a pain in the neck. I mean, it's terrible. Or I'd put you to sleep, right? I'd rock you to sleep. Yeah. And then go watch. Try to catch the news. And then 10 minutes later, ah, you're, <laughs> you're up again. Oh, no. Well, I have to deal with that temptation to become resentful. And then you can either give into it or not. And if you, if you give into it, 
you become impatient because that's a temptation toward impatience. And that's why mothers get so upset and they smack their children. Yeah. And uh, they even harm their kids. That's why crazy people, you know, shake and rattle their children to death. Yeah, that's terrible. Something in them is, th- is that's anger. That's right. anger that's gotten into them right. from somewhere else. I, I see this in the store all the time. When I was, I worked in multiple grocery stores. I see kids that are acting like little animals. Everybody should know that I made you go to work when you're eight years old. I did not go to work when I, this isn't the industrial revolution. <laughs> no. Didn't have my hands stuck in printing presses or something. I'm just, I'm no. Just, yeah. um, no, I started work when I was like, I, th- I think uh, after freshman year of high school. Yeah, I know. Something like that. But I anyway, I used to see these families with these little kids running around and screaming and doing all this crazy stuff. Right. And the parents either not caring or just like push them, no, don't do it. And just like yeah, you can't not, lose not patience. showing them any love at all. You cannot lose patience with your children that And way. then the kids, it's reflected in the kids by the way they act. They don't even act like they're like they're in a loving nuclear family. They're just like these little animals running around. Right. And- Well, they get wild. It's weird. Yeah, they get wild. They it's get weird wild. to see. And that is, that is where, I'm telling you, that's that's where things like ADD start in. Yeah. It's be, it comes from, the, from an impatient mother. Right. Usually. Right. Or it could be an impatient father who's acting like an impatient mother. Yeah. Because some men are very feminized. I, I mean, I can't remember any specific incident because I was very young, but I, I know I was never running around foaming at the mouth like a little animal, pulling on, pulling on people's legs and bumping know? into people. I, because I know it was me and I know I would never do this. <laughs> no, you never did I that. just know my own personality. I was like, I wouldn't do that. It's some stranger. I'm not going to go run into them and try and push him over. Right. You know? No, you were very, you were very uh, aware, you're pretty young. Yeah. You, know, you didn't start meditating until you were uh, about eight years old. No, wait. Yeah, about eight years old. Eight, okay. Yeah, about eight years old. Yeah, yeah we, actually you were eight years old then. Okay. But even before then, when you were, um, when you were first, the, the day you were born, um, St. John's Hospital in uh, Elmhurst, Queens, and it was my job to take you down the hall and to bring you to the nursery, to the other nurses. And I walked in, and then they, they came to attention, and they saw, they saw me walk in. And the one woman, she took one look at you, and she goes, Oh, my goodness. Look at him, looking around. It, she was, like, amazing. She brought the other nurses over, and they're, and they're going, Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. And you were there. You were, like, looking around. Your eyeballs were looking. You were, you were like... You weren't just, you weren't falling asleep. Yeah. You were alert, awake, aware, looking. You knew somebody was there. Now, I don't know if you could see at that point. I don't I, know if my eyes worked. I don't know. I have, I'm going to look that up, but I do know that you were alert. They really hadn't seen anything like that. She's, she said, I'd never seen anything like that before. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, and that probably goes to how you and my mother handled the pregnancy. Uh, that does go to that. Right. Absolutely does. Because you can be born without love. Because you can show me love even when I'm not even born yet. <laughs> right. you can show, well, you can show anger. Uh, anger okay. can get into you in the, in the womb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like women who resent their pregnancy. Yeah. You know, or resent the man who made them pregnant. You hear these stories about women screaming like, like demons while, while they're giving birth. Yeah. Well, they are. They're screaming demons. That's not them. So that does happen, unfortunately. It's kind of sad. And what happens is that child is born with anger inside him. Yeah. And he carries that into his life. And unless, unless a father comes along and corrects that, because it did come through the mother, 
But, it, but it's the father's fault, believe it or not. I, I used to work um, occasionally, uh, do volunteer work. I remember, remember in high school with the special needs children. Oh, sure. And special whether they're special needs or whether they're just young kids, you have to treat kids like they're people. The, exactly. They're little people. I was just going to say that. Okay. They're not little animals. Mm -mm. They're not dumb. No, they're don't, learning. don't talk down to children. No, don't talk down to them. They're learning smart right. people. Right. That's what they are. And you have to treat them that way. You do. You speak to them in full sentences. They appreciate you it ask so them, much. You ask them real questions. That's showing you love. You look for their opinion on things. That's showing love. You be patient with them by not being, they're going to tempt you. They're going to tempt you to, they're going to do stupid things. Right. They're going to say stupid things. They're going to do stupid things. Mm -hmm. And if you show them patience, that's yeah. showing them love. Love is patience. Right. That's where forgiveness comes in. A lot of people get forgiveness mixed up with something else. Yeah. And forgiveness is nothing more than love. It's knowing that the trespass against us is not personal. Well, it is personal, but it's not the person doing it. It's yeah. something inside them. And if you treat a kid like a little person, yeah. they will act like a little person. Yes. They won't act like a little animal running Well, that's around. what you are. You are a little person. Right. Well, we I, still, I still am a person. Thank you very much. <laughs> you haven't evolved. <laughs> you haven't devolved out of being a, per a person. I, well, I have a beard now, but I'm still a person. Well, you were born with that. No. You <laughs> okay. I know, I know the Sicilian joke, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, and you hear this expression all the time. Going back to love. Right. Uh, love is not something you feel. It's something you do. You've heard that before? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. But they mean, oh, you bring flowers for them. You make them dinner. Oh, yeah, you care yeah, about yeah, them. Yeah. You ask them how their day is. Right. Um, as opposed to just, it's half right. Yeah. Right? Because they got it right that it's not just an emotion. Yeah, it's not you, something you feel. But they got the do wrong. Well. They got the doing incorrect. I mean, you will do things that are out of love. Right. But you don't do things- For the approval correct. of the other person. Correct. You don't, Which is, it's, it's I not, think that's it's not Otherwise, because it's willful. Yeah. That would be willful. Right. So, so most guys, for example, will, uh, you know, the girl will get mad at him, so he'll go out and buy flowers. He, he, just, he just wants to make sure he's going to get sex. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. That, that's, we he, used to see that back to when I worked in a grocery store, uh, more than once, yeah. like eight o'clock at night, right. guy would run in- with like a suit jacket on or something, quickly yeah, yeah. buy like a bunch of flowers. Okay, and acting very nervous. And okay, <laughs> then run out and like, oh, Whoa, either he did something really wrong or he's in trouble. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. Um, okay. No, there are other things. Any time that I've ever made a mistake with your mother, I never went out and bought flowers. Yeah. Um, I would have to. Well, I'd have to apologize. I'd have to make amends. That's not making amends, right? You know, um, I've never appeased your mother. If you're gonna buy her flowers. Do it after she's already accepted your apology. Don't, yeah, sure. don't do it to make her no. hap like you again. No, that's silly. Um, okay. So should we do a question? Okay. Okay. This question's from Wesley Burrow. Wesley. He says, hello, Daniel. There is an emotion or feeling I haven't yet read from you, and that's shame. I felt it since childhood due to sadistic abuse throughout my childhood. Hope to read or hear from you about shame and where it stems from. Oh, well, he gave it away himself, actually, because I was actually going to interrupt you, and then you went to... See, what? Sh shame is really just resentment. All of these words that we have, all of these negative emotions that we have all boil down to one thing. Yeah. They boil down to resentment. Right. So it's like, so like if resentment were ice cream, shame would be pistachio, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. Or... 
you know, vanilla would be annoyance. Yeah. You know, all, all of these different, being sore, being angry, being, well, you know, judgment is in there too, right? Because you're playing, playing God when you're angry. I think chocolate is hatred. Chocolate? No, well, chocolate would be. That, that's double chocolate. That's <laughs> chocolate with chocolate chunks. Okay. So what is shame then? It's when you blame someone else for the resentment that you feel toward them. Okay. You know what I mean? You Typically, it is someone blaming their parents for saying, oh, you shamed me, right? Mm -hmm. You've heard of the term fat shaming, right? Yeah. When you feel a stigma put upon you for something that's wrong with you, because fat people are wrong. You're not supposed to be fat, <laughs> yeah. right? If you're fat and you feel- Bad about it. You feel bad about it. You resent yourself for being fat, but you don't want to blame yourself. So you're going to blame society or you're going to blame someone else. Right. Or you'll blame a parent. So that's usually it. So this person, how did they describe their parents as being pretty horrible, huh? Uh, they said they had a sadistic childhood. Oh, I said, oh, that's not necessary. That doesn't have to be parents. No. No. Might be. So, yeah. Well, it will be parents because most people who have like an abusive or, abu or are uh, molested or abused by, by one parent will blame the other parent for not protecting them. Oh, uh, okay. Or even if it's a, uh, a relative or a neighbor. Or somebody, you know, a weird uncle, let's say, um, they'll blame the mother for not protecting them. So where does the actual? They'll, hate, they'll wind up hating everybody. Where does the actual shame flavor? The come shame in? is just like the, the word. The embarrassment of well, of embarrassment. Embarrassment's another word. You see, they take these words. Like psychologists will take these words and try to break them out into all different things that they can treat, right? So shame, I have no idea, but I'll bet it's a, there's a whole study on shame. There's probably which, a very specific definition to it. Right, which they probably differentiate from, say, embarrassment or differentiate from simply uh, being ang being uh, resentful. Or, yeah. You know? So shame, it, it's overcomplicated. Shame is really just another form of resentment. It's a lack of forgiveness. You have to well, forgive the Well, you're probably resenting yourself, no? You resent yourself, but you blame someone else for the anger that you put upon yourself. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. So that's that's kind of how it is. So like I hate my body, but it's your fault. You're fat shaming me. Yeah, right. That's right. Right. You blame other people. So whenever so you, someone so says they blaming... feel shame, whenever someone talks to me about shame, I don't talk much about shame. Yeah. Because I never really usually have to because the people that I'm working with uh, haven't gone that far. Someone who's suffering from shame, they're usually suffering from shame because some psychologist has helped them think that and helped transfer the anger that they have inside towards someone else and blaming them for inciting it inside of them. Right. The fact is they never, it, it, that goes to our topic today. That goes to not being loved. Someone did not love this person, made them feel bad about themselves. And then they blame them for the judgment that they cast back onto them. Mm. Okay. It's a terrible thing. I'm not saying it's, it's not bad it, or that it's not a good, it's not that good of a word because it, all it is is resentment. It's another right, flavor. Right. Really, it, there's there's a danger of overcomplicating this. That's right. Like like this is a disease you now have. Oh, I'm a shame guy. Yeah, yeah. There's a certain medication or a certain a certain type of counseling that you're going to get for shame. No, no, it's not. All you have to do is forgive. You forgive yourself, and you forgive the other person. You just forgive. Period. Because you can't forgive anyone because you're not God. You don't. For when I say forgive, I don't mean forgive them like, you know, like a priest. You know, I absolve. I take away yes, your sins. Yes. All right, now you can go to heaven. Yes. Until the next time. <laughs> In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. All right. Let's not make fun of Catholics, please, because we like Catholics.
You're saying you don't forgive like God forgives. Yeah, you don't forgive like God forgives. You forgive by not hating. Right. It's that simple. Well, that's what I meant. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's it for today. How about that? Okay. How about that? No. Okay. So I showed my dad the cash me outside meme and now he How about won't stop quoting. No, you did show me. I you you heard about it and then you said, What is this? What are they talking about? And yeah. I had to show you the video. And now you keep quoting it. And now you have mom quoting it too. So after every sentence we hear, How about that? at the end. <laughs> okay. Which t- to the dismay of my sister and I. Okay. Well, we've stopped doing it. Okay. Whatever so, happened to that girl? Oh, she's she's a total millionaire success story now. Oh, wonderful. She she has makeup deals. She has music videos. She has music contracts. And she's, she's all straightened out now. She has millions of followers on Instagram. No, she's a nutcase. Oh, well. But that's what happens. Money isn't everything. Dr. Phil, that's what Dr. Phil talked about. Right. Um, was, it's like, you know, I wish her the best, but it's like, it's crazy. She has all these people promoting her now. How can, how... Dr. Phil is so wrong about so many things, <laughs> yet he is so likable. I like Dr. I Phil. I like Dr. Phil. Yeah. You know, it's like, like what, what's the other media doctor? Um, Drew? Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew is like, I mean, you know, you listen to Dr. Drew speak on these subjects and you realize like what a flea of a brain I have. He's like so super smart. Yeah. And he's really intelligent and he's really bright. Are you and- trying to discredit yourself? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just saying he's he's highly intellectual. He's also wrong about quite a quite a bit. You can be very well studied on a lot of these things. But he's such a nice guy. Right. I would go fishing with either one of those guys. The important thing is that where will you, and, and I'm discussing this with you, uh, are addressing the, the metaphysical aspects of these things. Right. That they really never talk about. Right. 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 So anyway, I think we're done for now. Okay. So that's it for today. We have a part two where more will be revealed. Yes. I'm going to drop the bombshell there. Okay. Okay. I already alluded to it. We already did discuss it a little bit, but I'll go into it more more in the next podcast. Hey, did I mention that the website's redesigned? Shoresoftmedia.com? Yeah, you're better. Redesigned the landing page of the website. It's much easier to use now. And it's worth visiting more frequently because now we're actually updating content right on the site, right on the landing page. You can get videos, and, articles, all the videos, all the articles, all the blogs, all the new ones are updated on the landing page. So go check it out. Right. I want to mention the uh, the non-contemplative meditation is also there and that's free. But also the last one as of this date that we did is uh, about smoking. It's about nicotine addiction. Yeah. The last video. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have a video up now about, um, about why smokers smoke. Right. So... Uh, check that one out too. That you can one. find that on YouTube and subscribe on YouTube. Or you can just go to landing pages, first first thing right there. Right. So shoresoftmedia.com. Okay. That's okay. it for today. This is episode number 12. Right. Bye-bye. <laughs>